0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Backlog Treasure Hunters, where we bring you a game in our backlogs each episode, and ultimately tell you if we think it's trash or treasure. I'm your host today, JT Manning, and joining me is my fine-feathered, sky-pillaging friend, Mr. Kevin Savage. Kev, how you doing?
1: I'm doing just fine, Uh, fancy duty, Mr. Host. Uh, how, How have you been?
0: I've been pretty good, playing a whole bunch of games these days really now you playing video games that's i fun. know who who would have thought me of all people would be playing video games
1: i am glad that uh you, you kind of uh, just came around to them now it's uh i think it's appropriate
0: here in 2020 yeah it's a first it, it took a, a pandemic for me to realize that these things are actually pretty cool i guess yeah there, there's
1: there's kids running around with all their um space invaders and puck man and mission control <laughs>
0: <laughs> well first thing on the docket today as we like to do each episode is give a rundown of what we are playing outside of today's game so kev what you been playing
1: i am glad you asked uh i uh went into town yesterday and i sent you uh some pictures of games that i picked up and i uh, did not get the response that uh i was expecting from you so i'm bringing it up again uh i have a secret deep-seated love for um playstation 3 xbox 360 era like tie-in video games you really do i really do and it all started because i found out that uh, terminator salvation was a very easy platinum trophy and it's just like turned into this obsession with finding these weird and awful games from like 2008 like i got a wanted video game for two pounds and a born conspiracy game for one pound 50 and um i have zero expectations uh i um have heard on the internet that these are amusing to go back to and look at but um, I don't think that anything else will impress the same way that, like, 50 Cent Blood on the Sand did.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, so. oh man. When I imagine you walk into GameStop, it's, uh, <laughs> you're, you're not the normal clientele. No, uh, and the, the guy who rang me up, um, he walked over
1: to the, like, um, like the, where they keep all the discs, their little, like, plastic shelf thing. And he got The, the disc scratcher. Disc- yeah, 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 right next to the disc scratcher, and, um, uh, oh, but he skipped the, uh, the tomato sauce, and I, I thanked him profusely, but, <laughs> um, uh, they actually had the manual for Wanted, so I paid, uh, I think two pounds for this game, and I even got the manual. Complete, box, disc, manual, and, um, the guy looked at me, and he was just like, I hope you have a good
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the guy behind him was just like oi can I get that too Kai?
1: yeah yeah uh, hey mate that's not how Scottish people sound uh, it, it'd be more like I right, pal I can what you mean uh, I've been down to the pub and had a, 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 a I did a jobby in the toilet that's, that's what Scottish people sound like
0: and just to their regular GameStop employee
1: I'm oh sorry. yeah Oh, yeah, all day, every day, no problem. Oh, so the store that I went into uh, is called Cultural Exchange. Uh, I don't know why it's called that, but uh, they've abbreviated it to CEX. And um, it's really funny saying, like, I'm going to pick up some video games. at sex. <laughs> I think we've actually been there together. Uh, it would it would surprise me if I didn't have if If when we were in Edinburgh, it's, it's like right in the center of town, right by Princess Street.
0: Yeah, I believe we did. I remember because you made that joke when we were walking about, and I was like, I need to get some sex right now. <laughs> oh, it's it's right by, um, do
1: you remember that restaurant? Excuse me, not a restaurant, a pub where um, like there's that little window that you open up and the bartender peeks through and asks you what drinks you want? Yes. Yeah, it's right by that. That's the Gilly Dew in Edinburgh. If anybody ever visits, it's a very nice pub, and they do uh, live uh, folk music. Most nights of the week, so uh, it's actually a really, really nice pub when you go in there on the right night.
0: Good pint and some good sex. It's it's what absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you've been playing?
1: Um, what else have I been playing? Uh, oh, uh, I started playing through uh, Pokemon Fire Red the other day. Um, oh really? Yeah. You didn't uh, even
0: tell me this. I also started Fire Red.
1: Oh shoot! Uh, what's your what's your go-to Gen One starter?
0: Oh, my go-to Gen One starter?
1: Yeah, like if if you were just just like pure pleasure playthrough, just like your your Jordan, all you want to do is just like have a nice time. Who do you? An want? honest like pure
0: pleasure playthrough is just, Bulbasaur.
1: Oh, you know what's interesting? My level twenty-four Ivysaur is crushing this playthrough. Yes,
0: yes indeed. Uh,
1: it's just like uh, I I love the poison powder leech seed trap where it's just like there's nothing you can do this battle is already over and all I need to do is stall until you lose, is um, it's just a fun thing like I'm about to face Lieutenant Surge and uh, I'm looking forward to smacking him down with my um, my
0: Ivysaur stall plan. I'm i uh, I'm about there. I'm just about to hit Misty. And I already have my Ibisaur, and I'm I'm ready to go. Uh,
1: oh, so I am do- I have a stipulation on this playthrough, which is, I'm going to try to use Pokemon I've never used before. So, like, to my knowledge, I've never used a Polyrath. To my knowledge, I've never used a Jinx. To my knowledge, I've never used an Electabuzz. To my knowledge, I've never used a Tauros. So, like... Those are kind of like mid to late game Pokemon that I've never really like tried to catch and use as like part of my like Elite Four takedown team. So I'm having fun with this playthrough where I'm going to try to like build
0: out my team with guys that aren't my staples, you know? Yeah, I definitely do. I like to do that too, but I always find myself still having at least one or two. Like um, I normally always have uh, King. Oh, team.
1: he's so good. I, I, I've never not loved a Nidoking. Like, any time you get one on the team, it just delivers. Sometimes yeah. over-delivers.
0: Nidoking's just great. Yeah. So, um... Oh, well, so what have me, you been playing? I've been playing Cyberpunk quite a <laughs> bit. Um, I won't get into the milieu of the bug world that Cyberpunk is, but it does crash a lot. <laughs> I will say that um but it's super fun. I I if you take it and think of it like a far cry, you'll have a really good time and that's that's how I've been playing it. Um, I have another game that I think is really interesting that I I'm pretty sure you might have heard of but uh, I'm playing it just because a really a guilty pleasure. It's called One Step from Eden. Have you heard I of it? I have not heard of this. No. It's kind of like a roguelike mixed with Mega Man Battle Network.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, Mega Man Battle Network is on our backlog list, because I've actually never played it, not one minute of it.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. So, I've only played... I've played a Battle Network game when I was much younger, and I played it to completion. Uh, Uh, I don't remember a crap ton about it, but I remember the gameplay a little bit, and this plays quite a lot like it with many like modern day game design elements Mm -hmm. so it's it's a good one it's something that because it's a roguelike you can just jump in and play for a run 30 minutes or two which would be like up to an hour and it's it's interesting um being able to play a game like that and have it act on you in real time is is an interesting little little caveat to the that form of gameplay um Mm -hmm. You should, you should look at it when you get the chance. You might enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I need to engage with uh, 2019 and 2020 games, as we were talking about uh, earlier today. <laughs> right.
0: Um, um, but so, I just love old stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. It, it, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so today we are playing the Platform Adventure Hybrid from D-Pad Studios. Oh boy. Jumping right into a little history of the game, Owlboy came out in November 2016 on PC, 2018 for Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. Owlboy originally started development in 2007 with its first big showing in 2013 where critics had claimed it was worth waiting for. Oh boy. Oh boy, were they right. Oh boy, were they right. The The development team for Owlboy was five total people. Actually that's pretty small. I thought it was something like ten, but
1: was That makes that makes me feel a little bit for being as critical as Mm -hmm. I plan to be. But at the same time at the same time.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, at the same time. And it's get this one, Kev. Its average score is between an eight and a nine out of ten by most reviewers.
1: I saw that uh I was fishing around trying to find people who uh, had similar complaints. And um, I think that the people who this game appeals to uh, have already played it and really enjoyed it, and the people who don't like this game and won't like this game have never heard of it, and I find that very interesting. Uh, I I can't figure out who the target audience of this game is,
0: and I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to gameplay in quite a little bit here, but we have a... A real big question that we always like to ask, and that is, Kevin, why is this game in our backlog?
1: Uh, I have no earthly idea, Jordan. Uh, You were the
0: one that added it. All right, I will go through that. It all comes from a story at GameStop. Mm -hmm. So when I used to work at GameStop down in my previous home of California, we would regularly have games on sale. You know, that's just how we did it. And I remember since the day I started, they had a collector's edition version of this game that was $80. Jeez. And I, I looked at this game, and it was always at least $25 for uh, the physical version.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just, like, looking at this, I thought this looked interesting. It was on a, a list of games I wanted to get. And then the Christmas season rolled by, and one day, we, we were one of the few people that still had a collector's edition, like, in-store. It, it should have been a red flag at first when <laughs> this collector's edition is just on the show floor and hasn't been purchased. That should have mm-hmm. been red flag number one. But uh, we had a sale that effectively dropped that game to $20 for the collector's edition while the normal was still
1: $25. Okay, so you thought you were squeezing a little bit of extra juice out.
0: I did. I thought I was going uh I was getting a, a game for $5 off.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like when people sit at the EDH table and they play the dual deck planeswalkers that are already foil and act like they have a premium version of the card.
0: It's exactly like that. <laughs> Because, Kevin, let me tell you, now that I've unboxed that collections, Collector's Edition, there's not a single thing in there that I'm proud to own. <laughs> I have, staring down at me, like, right across from my desk, an Owlboy notebook. So the Collector's Ooh. Edition actually comes with some cool stuff. It's, like, got a set of gold pins, stickers, soundtrack, and, like, a little notebook. And, uh, an authenticity letter that says like you are number blah 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 and this notebook is so unbelievably trash as a notebook really it's
1: like what 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 how do you define a poor quality notebook like what walk me
0: through that it's got like 30 pages it fits in your hand but it's got a hardcover like fold oh weird okay so, so like it's weirdly stiff for a notebook and it's entirely too small
1: hmm okay so you kind of feel like it like um what's the what's the name of the detective in phoenix right is he detective gumshoe is it that on the nose i think so right i just i, I love how he has a
0: special character animation when he takes notes
1: it's yeah. always oh <laughs> <interesting.
0: laughs> um, yeah so uh, my story is I bought this game on sale, double on sale, because, like, discounts galore at the time. And mm-hmm. just, I owned it, so I wanted to play it at some point. And I, when you look at the uh, videos for this game, it actually doesn't look terrible. Yes. And
1: when you look at screenshots of this game, uh, it looks really good. Like, the 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 way that the game is conveyed through traditional media i think is is uh it it's, it's presented very well is what i'm trying to say
0: yeah which is interesting for all of its shortcoming qualities mm. but uh wonderful so moving right along to the story in a shortened version of the game's narrative you play as otis an owl humanoid creature among many like him living in a village
1: is Otis actually an owl? Because I thought that he had to have the owl cape, and a few people mentioned the owl cape. Is he actually an owl?
0: I believe he is. I believe he's just an owl without the uh, ability to use wings or something like that, or hasn't grown them himself. Sorry, does
1: that suggest that like, his teacher and the other owls, like the, 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 the owls that don't let him play in the owl games, like poor little Rudolph, um, do they all have true wings, or do they have owl cloak suit things?
0: I think they have owl cloaks, cause like if you look at um, oh god, I can I can't remember his name for the life of me. Uh, the teacher, the, the, like, the villainous teacher. Yeah, um, he definitely has a cape. It's irrelevant at this point. Like how they fly as owls means nothing to the story. You learn about it but it, it's not like it's a, a new entry into some kind of narrative structure. It's it's pretty standard. Like, this is yeah. how you guys fly.
1: Yeah, and it's, 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 as, it's as important to the story as, like, how Lynx wins his sword.
0: Right, yep. And of course, of course, of course, Mr. Otis, you know, he can't talk.
1: Oh, he's uh, the, our, our poor
0: mute protagonist. Our, our uh, beef do, you,
1: do you know what's not
0: stale dry or overused jordan um is it the roast you had earlier
1: oh you know honestly uh the the roast parts of my dinner were all fine the turkey was great the beef was great and um uh when we like go out for dinner and stuff oh this was like a buffet roast restaurant if anybody's listening um uh, I like to get roast lamb. It's not something that's very common in the U.S., but it's really nice when you have it well. Like when you have it, like cooked well in the U.K. Roast lamb is pretty nice. Uh, so no, none of none of the meat that I ate was stale, dry, or overused. Oh my goodness! I'm so tired of mute protagonists. Stop doing I am too. it. Stop oh doing God. it. It it was it was cute in like nineteen like ninety two, and you're playing a link to the past like cuz like you can you can look at the uh, the timeline of Final Fantasy next to the timeline of Zelda, right? And Final Fantasy 7 VII, 8 and 9 all probably would have been marginally better if they'd had voice acting in my opinion. I think that it would have it would have made the games just like a pinch better. But then you look at Final Fantasy 10 and they got voice acting wrong. And a lot of the... Like, the actors were all fine, but the script was really weird. Have you played much Final Fantasy X?
0: Not a whole bunch, no. don't um, really care for. Oh, I think we've talked about that a little
1: bit. But, like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the laughing scene from Final Fantasy X. Yes. So, uh, the, that, that scene is supposed to be awkward. That scene is supposed to be uncomfortable. But somehow, the actors make it seem bad uncomfortable instead of purposefully uncomfortable. I don't know exactly what that line is. But what I'm getting to is, I think that at the same time, Zelda should have started doing voice acting and Link should have started talking in, like, Wind Waker. Because Breath of the Wild's voice acting, those voice actors sound like they got their qualifications from a truck driving school. And Right. Oh my goodness. I wish that you could turn the voices off in Breath of the Wild. You can change to Japanese voice actors, which makes it marginally better. But like, oh, but like, it, like you, you're you playing Breath of the Wild and like people are having full conversations and they look over at Link and they're like, hey man, like you must be on a really big long quest. And then Link just stares at them blankly. He doesn't even seem like a person. Like we're playing a 3D complete game. Everybody's fully voice acted. And when, it's, when there's no dialogue, excuse me, no voice work, you can kind of give it a pass in like uh, *Wind Waker* or *Twilight Princess*, but when you get to *Breath of the Wild*, I don't know. I'm I'm sick of I'm sick of Link being mute, and I'm sick of everybody thinking that Link is a good place to start their characters from. It just it frustrates
0: me. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Tangent tangent over.
0: No, I agree with you. Um, yeah, back to the story. So you are Otis, an owl among owls, living in Belly, which is a town in the sky, and this sky town becomes ransacked by pirates, and Otis along with his friends set out to save them all from possible destruction. You find out as you go along that there are many secrets that the Owls do and don't know about in the dungeons, and you explore them in platform puzzler fashion. Now, Kevin, speaking of story, what did you think of it? Uh,
1: I did not finish this game, so I do not know how it ends, but... um... The uh, I don't care about Otis. Uh, I don't care about his mean teacher who is like mean for no reason. Uh, I don't care about uh, the pirates. I don't care about the spider thing. And uh, the only the only part of the game where I kind of leaned forward was um, when the big city is destroyed and Getty gets really angry. And I was like, oh, huh, like maybe this game's going to go in an interesting direction now. Because all of the characters have just, like, experienced this incredible, visible, visceral trauma. And then it just goes right back to, like, you stop by the silly store that sells hats and, like, the lady's abusing her penguins again or whatever. And it's, like, this game had some really interesting directions to take the tone. But... Like it just feels really disjointed. It feels like there's stuff that you're supposed to be able to find at any point that needs to be kind of like saccharine. But uh, like when the game, like the game could have gotten really heavy, and I would have wanted that, and that would have been really cool. If from the if from that point in the game, constantly everybody was just like, yeah, but that entire city was destroyed. Like maybe maybe it's not time to laugh right now. Uh, I would have been all about that,
0: and I probably would have finished the game.
1: But it just, it went right back to Sakran.
0: Yeah, I don't feel like it understood what kind of, you're right, tone it was going for. At, at some points, I would akin it to, like, being just very downtrodden and sad. Because it it really is. It kind of tells of a story that the character doesn't have much of a voice, is Mm. kind of abused and is just kind of thrown on this path. But you can't call him like a reluctant hero. You can't call him much of anything because the game tells you that he's just a good-for-nothing. And and once it does that enough, you don't really want to... Like, why would I want to play as the loser if all we're getting is that he is a loser? What am I going to do differently that's going to change that? and you want to believe that what you do changes it, but the game never tells you.
1: No, more more importantly, the game never shows you. And what I found frustrating was the game sets up and there's a very sad, uh, genuinely uh, engaging scene right at the start where um, uh, Otis has a nightmare that his task for the day is to go uh, talk to everybody in town and they just verbally abuse him, and... I was like, yeah, that would be really difficult to to cope with, and you, I, I thought that the game was going to be about Otis finding his own voice, if that makes sense. That like yeah. he's he's going to demonstrate that he is good for something, that he is capable, that like his actions speak louder than words could be
0: the the, the like like the fairy tale message.
1: There's a specific word for that.
0: I can't... Right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it it just doesn't capitalize on it.
1: No, no, no. All the themes are just completely out there. And Getty... Getty constantly talks over Otis. Otis's only expression is, like, sad or um, eyes bugged out. And he doesn't... He doesn't seem like he thinks or feels. He doesn't seem like he's capable. Like, I feel like I'm controlling a puppet. Not, like... I'm not not like Getty is taking action, which is my movement
0: as the player, if that makes sense. Which is so funny because you literally are a marionette for this whole game.
1: Yeah, that, I, I think that that's part of the problem of the mute protagonist. Is like you look at a game like Chrono Trigger, and I don't mind when like Robo or Marley or um, Luca speak for Chrono. Because they're all on the same quest, they all know the same stuff, they're all fighting for the same thing, they're fighting to save time. So, like, when those characters speak for you, it feels fine. But when Getty speaks for Otis, it's like he doesn't think about or consider Otis. Like, he's just like, Yeah, this is my best friend, Otis, by the way. I used to do all this stuff, I was in the army or something. and, like, nobody ever speaks up for themselves. I know that that's kind of what they were going for with the themes, but just, like, nobody ever says anything worth saying.
0: I don't know. It, it, no, the story right. really that, rubbed yeah. me the wrong way. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. No one no one treats anyone with any kind of, like,
1: normal...
0: I know they're all owls, but humanity is the word I was looking for. Like,
1: Just no dignity. They don't even yeah. listen to each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like... The emotions that are shown throughout the characters, which there there is a good range of emotions that you find, oddly mm-hmm. enough, in this eight bit game, or I'm sorry, sixteen. I would believe this one pseudo pseudo sixteen bit. This
1: so uh, there's there's the the classic test of like uh, shovel knight looks like how you remember eight and sixteen bit games look and feel and play, but. Uh, its palette is actually much broader. Like you couldn't actually play Shovel Knight on an NES or Super Nintendo or whatever. Like right. they they do a lot of good work to make it evoke all the right things, but it wouldn't actually work with those style palettes. I, I suspect Elbow Boy is the same.
0: Yeah. So, sorry, Anything actually
1: good about it? Um. Uh. The two the two moments that worked for me were Otis having a nightmare. Um, because uh, I think that everybody has had an experience where they have felt worthless and, like, everybody around them doesn't respect them. And that that kind of... That, that hit me. But then they didn't deliver. Like, they didn't do anything... They, they had a moment that they didn't earn, and then they didn't earn it retrospectively. So it just felt cheap. And then uh, when Getty was really upset about the city being destroyed... Uh, we had no personal stake in the city so it's kind of just like the game expects us to feel sad that all those people died because like inherently people dying is invo- evokes emotions but it doesn't do any work to set that up like this it this might. game this game doesn't do any work for itself as opposed to a game that we recently talked about near where the game is doing work behind the scenes like you don't even know that the game is doing work because you just engaged and this game was trying very, very, very hard to punch, and it hadn't, like, I don't know. It hadn't warmed up. It, the, this, this game just, it, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done differently either.
0: Yeah, in terms of, like, I'll get to game, gameplay is next. I think that's hmm. where a lot of things could be improved on. Absolutely. Uh, but but just... what, what, did, what did you think?
1: I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. But what did, no, what but what I, did you
0: it, like in terms of the story yeah I couldn't be gripped like the one thing I would say about the entire experience is nothing could get me nothing could get me to sit down and say that everything was believable and like it's a fantasy setting not everything has to be entirely believable but at least you want it to stick you want something about the ideas that are being presented to you to be interesting enough to propel you forward in the story and just I mean, it had all of the right pieces. For me specifically, like, you have owl people in a sky city attacked by sky pirates. That, that yeah. could on paper be so interesting that it makes me want to play it. And I'm sure, like, I, I feel like we are the odd man out when it comes to, like, a review. I've read some of the reviews, and they give, like, they give glowing reviews of how this game plays and the story and it's just like did we play the same game are, are we talking about the same thing here
1: absolutely because...
0: absolutely
1: it does like you read any review of this game read any single one of them and all these people are like i really connected with otis i really connected with getty i really connected with their experience and what they were doing together
0: as a team and it's like why they're, never How? Te- they're not even a team i like I, it's in in the grand scheme of things getty is the one who propels absolutely everything otis your main character is just along for the ride
1: yeah he's he's
0: just picking
1: people up they even make jokes about that like at least twice in the game they're just like oh otis use your special talent of picking people up
0: and right music.
1: and that's it, it and it's like you put the lampshade on it, and it like maybe maybe if that had been funny, may, may, I don't know. Uh, this this game reminds me a lot of uh, animes that don't work for me. Like you look at something like uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Everybody talks about it. Everybody's just like it's so good, it's so vibrant, it's so action packed. And then you compare it side by side with the uh, like the two thousand and four one. And there's no contest. The the original, like, early 2000s one, all the characters deliver. All the themes deliver. They set up so much stuff. They do so much work to earn the big emotional moments. And they do, they do, like, they, they do all this solid footwork. Like, they, they started off right. I don't know. I don't know. Just this game, I don't know what worked for other people about this game.
0: Yeah, there's a lot out there that, and of course we didn't play the whole thing, so I feel like there could be something at the end. But honestly, a bad game is a bad game even if it has a good ending. And even if this game did, and I didn't see it, have a good ending, I don't think I'd know what could be resolved. Like I don't know what's at stake. Exactly. Because they kill off everything that you want to care about too early.
1: And they don't even set up what you should care about.
0: Like, like, like what I said earlier, uh, I don't know
1: why I should be invested in saving the city other than kind of saving the city is the right thing to do. It's not like Getty's sister lives there. It's not like Otis has always wanted to fly around in the city sightseeing tour. Like, it, there's nothing at stake. Like, they don't lose anything. They live in this quiet town, and, like, oh, the big city's being attacked by pirates, and everybody's like, oh, no. We don't want those pirates to blow that city up.
0: Yeah, and the only thing that, like, ties it together is the dungeoneering. Like, going through the, uh, not really open world, but, like, the progressed world, finding out all the, like, owl species sub-themes and the, uh, The little bits of puzzles there. Even then, like, that goes more into gameplay. But it really doesn't turn me on to anything. It's just, this was ancient people. We're here now. Like, it again, they don't do anything to set all that up. They just kind of say, hey, there's a rich history. I'm like, okay, are you going to tell it to me? And they're like, no, probably not. Okay. thank
1: God... (laughs) Did you find any of those, like, magic coins moving ahead slightly? There's no challenge to any of the moving or platforming. Like, I I don't think this is even fairly a platformer, because there's nothing to do with platforming. But Right, you just fly. Yeah, you just fly. And you just fly wherever you want, however you want, whatever direction you want at any time. So uh, there were a few, like, actual platforming challenges where, like, you were in a waterfall and you can't fly. And if you got to the top of them, there were these coins, and they would, like, speak to you and say something like, I was the great inventor, the II, and I constructed the pirates. Please return this coin, and I will tell you more. And, uh, like, you find out that the owls constructed the pirates or something, and they had this ancient society. And, like, were they warlike? Why did they have war pirates? Like, were they benevolent? then why did they have war pirates the the head pirate is like the the machine that they built that had insatiable lust for conquering why would you construct that like what kind of awful malicious society constructs like a doomsday machine and then just like starts it up and watches it go do we have compassion for the ancient owl people are we intrigued by them do we do we want to avoid their their hubris because they led to their own downfall? Like, I don't know. What are the themes related to them? And, like, sure, criticize us for not beating the game. But, like, I, I played 75% of this and didn't care. So, yeah. like, what what was going to be resolved? That, like, oh, we stopped the Doomsday Pirate. Hooray. Does it matter? Yeah,
0: apparently at the end you get to, like, space. Okay. there's no, I mean... It that was kind of where like so I got to uh, the Forgotten Jungle. Like, I think that that's was where the, the spikes are.
1: Is is that is that the uh, the part of the game where you have where you have no field of vision and yep. have to move around through a spike maze that is as tall and as wide as Otis? That was fun, wasn't it? Fun Fying a
0: little bit. Didn't you I have was... a great
1: time? I thought.
0: That, and, and, oh man, here's the thing, is, I guess we are now just moving into gameplay, which I'll, I'll boil down the mechanics in a little bit. The um. level design has only two modes. It is stupid easy, to the point where it's boring, or mm. ridiculously hard, to the point where it's just punishing.
1: Yes. Uh, in three separate circumstances, I was stunlocked to death. I don't know who tested this game. Uh, Oh, oh, so getting getting back to, like, who's the audience for this game? Is the audience for this game, like, 8-year-old kids or 32-year-old men? Yeah, I couldn't
0: tell you. Yeah, and so there's always been that kind of idea that games of the past were just much harder. And it is true. Like, games were designed with the intention to get another quarter out of your pocket. But or so
1: that you have to rent it again.
0: Like those 40, are like the two kind of fundamental design exactly. principles
1: of like the eighties and
0: nineties. But this game feels like you get halfway through, and then you just you turn the knob of difficulty from like easy normal to I'm going to kill you.
1: Mm.
0: I'm going to end you, and you'll never want to play another game like this ever again. And it's stupid because. They have a lot of ideas that could be really interesting when made in a puzzle fashion, but they're all so obvious. It's like if you've played any game like this at all, pretty much any platformer, then you just inherently know how to play this game. Which, okay, so let's jump into the gameplay. Um, Hmm. Owlboy is a platformer, I guess, adventure hybrid. Where the main mechanic is you are Otis, you're an owl, you have the owl cloak, and you equip friends that you get along the way, your buddies that you you made along the journey. And they all have different abilities, and you use those abilities to hurt enemies and solve puzzles. So, for example, Getty is the character, the main best friend of Otis, self-proclaimed, by the way. Oh yeah, Otis never Otis Otis never gives any indication of his feelings
1: towards Kenny.
0: Yeah, he just again is along for the ride. Yeah, get a reformed pirate Alphonse at some point, Mm. which I I do not like when you beat a boss and they join your party. I just never have liked that. Ooh, really? At least not when it happens immediately. Okay.
1: Because I... Th- there's, there's an awful lot of examples of the boss joins the party that I can think of that I really like. Uh, I previously mentioned Chrono Trigger. Spoilers for a game that came out in, like,
0: 1993, everyone. But uh, getting Magus on your team is the coolest. Yeah, and see, that's, that's a different example. Like, they built that character up.
1: Uh, oh yeah yeah like you know you know about him from like minute 3 and he's like the big bad guy and when he joins your party you're just like okay sweet
0: or like x death right or is it x death uh in final fantasy V? Yeah who is the villain that joins your team it's either in 4 or 5 Oh in
1: 5 Kane kind of comes and goes and he's kind of a bad guy Uh
0: General Leo in Final Fantasy 6 joins your party briefly and that's kind of cool Yeah and those are actually, like, good examples of a villain joining. The reason why this isn't as good is because
1: oh, Can I throw in another example? Final Fantasy IX uh, has an amazing example of the bad guy joining your party briefly. Have you... I don't want to spoil it, because I don't think you've ever gotten to disk three. Have I've you? seen this. I, I, I think I know what you're
0: talking about. I have not beaten Final Fantasy IX. It's a game that I, I play off and on since mm-hmm. I've owned it. But oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Sorry, so we've, we've just dismantled this argument about not liking the bad guy joining your party, right? And your, your, your point is more that there's no work done by the story, the characters, or the game to make you understand why Alphonse would do this. Yes. I absolutely agree with that.
0: Yeah, Alphonse is not. A, they frame him as a villain, but he's not a villain in any way shape or form except for the fact that he fights you once and that's just not intriguing
1: no why like, has he been going along with all of this for all this time if he's had these moralistic views like he's been killing people for millennia and
0: he like bumps into otis and getty and he's just like
1: hmm maybe a is wrong
0: yeah like what was he really that close to the edge but like so far against the grain, like he, his morals are just out of whack, effectively.
1: Yeah, uh, he just seems like a psychopath. Yeah,
0: <laughs> a very <laughs> jolly psychopath.
1: Oh, so so go on. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so uh, gameplay,
0: like like I said, you you equip your friends that you meet along the way, and they all have different guns, effectively. And it's a point and click kind of shooter where you're flying around. You have uh, is it eight way direction or four way? Uh, eight way direction. Okay, so eight way direction where you, uh, all you have to do is get into the air and you just fly around the entire map the entire time, and
1: with no actions, these... no gameplay, no consequence, you
0: just move wherever you want. Yeah, and while the coins, I think they're called Buccaneer coins, something like that. Something like were... that interesting they had no you get hats yeah they oh and you also get health upgrades sure but even a health upgrade never felt amazingly important because the (laughs) the way enemies were except for bosses the boss fights were stupid in this game Mm -hmm. i don't think there was a single boss fight I, i felt like i had earned i felt like i had just lucked my way through it um but so, as I said, we are playing a little bit of some kind of platform, but you're dungeon crawling each time. Owlboy has quite a few systems of puzzles along the way. But the way that the puzzles are made are that they're so pronounced that you can figure them out within a couple seconds. Like nothing, even when I got to the Forgotten Jungle, I played that and I said, this is hard for the sake of being hard. This isn't hard for the sake of being an interesting puzzle or a mm-hmm. challenge. As, as soon as I finished that segment, I said, this is not the game for me. This is not going to be anything that is going to be new. It's only going to get worse as the game goes through, if that's how it's going to be like.
1: The, my, my favorite bonus inclusion for any video game, stealth sections. Oh man, don't you just love stealth sections? I, oh, I love it! It's my favorite thing. Don't get caught.
0: Give me a stealth section if it's a stealth game. Like, if, don't don't deviate from the genre if you're trying to prove yourself in the first place that you are that genre.
1: Absolutely. Uh, but do, do you remember the best part of Wind Waker, Jordan? That stealth section on the Skull Prison Island. Oh
0: my like, God! It's don't so get
1: caught. In- don't get caught. Don't get thrown back in your jail cell. Yeah. It's so much good. fun. Have such a good time with this stealth
0: section. Oh. God, we we played that like, oh, it has to has to be at least like three weeks to a month ago. And oh, you played us... that recently?
1: It's awful.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um it took us two sessions because we got really frustrated. We got basically to the end too, but we were so burnt out from it. We're like, we'll just We'll play this tomorrow morning if we're feeling good enough and ready. But I've had enough with this. Yeah,
1: I remember watching my dad play that. Cause, oh, because uh, I, I, when I was a kid, I played the Zelda games with my dad. And uh, I I think it took us three nights of playing Wind Waker with a guidebook open and a map to get through it. My dad, like, I, I remember at a certain point him asking us, like, do you guys still want to play this game? Because I've, I've had just about enough. Anyway, stealth sections so, and owl boy, oh boy, we, yum yum yum.
0: Yeah, we've talked about the fact that you move and shoot. That's the basic rundown of the gameplay mechanics. Um, mm. I guess you have items, but no, no item would ever be useful in any kind of situation because of how like simple the game is. And the one thing I will say to give this game a little bit something other than the poop that I'm throwing at it. Uh, the level design has some kind of heart to it. I don't think that they followed through with how levels should actually be built, but in terms of what the progression of a level looks like, it's actually pretty clean. Like, you can, if you presented the game as just what the level was at the time, it would prove it to be just that. So, like, you go into the Owl Temple, the idea of the Owl Temple is, um, you're trying to... You, you have, have to water puzzles. Right. You have
1: to raise the water level with, like, spigots or something. Oh, you have those clouds. You, you can set Getty down on the cloud, and then the cloud fills bowls of water up.
0: Right, and it's, uh, I believe it was something story-related where you have to retrieve something.
1: Story-wise, you go into the, like, Sky Owl Temple because there's supposed to be, like, big fans in it that are blowing the islands around. Right,
0: that's right. And you're supposed to activate them, I think?
1: No, I think you're supposed to deactivate them or activate them. Oh, but everybody just yells at Otis and Getty anyway, so uh like the whether you took action or didn't take action is meaningless because nobody receives any
0: information right they just they hate you anyway uh yeah like in terms of a full experience to have a level that's a good way to to phrase that like if i had to turn off all the wind generators because the wind temple has them all that in a vacuum is good enough to make sense for a level. But the execution's all wrong.
1: Absolutely. There's no there's no thematic tie. There's no gameplay mechanic tie for any of the puzzles. Like, you you get these clouds that can fill water basins up. And it's like, okay, so I move it to this spot, and then I fill it up. And then you have to do that, like, two times in the same room. And it's like, all right... Cool. and then you never see it again. Yeah, yeah, and then that mechanic is gone, and like you, you do it like three times in the in the puzzle dungeon, and uh, sometimes there's like fire lizards that shoot fire breath at you, and then for some reason you have
0: to like do a stealth section with gnomes. This would be different if uh, there were secrets that I was really going for, because mm. that would be interesting. But there just aren't. And even if there are some kind of, like, secret coins in the game, I think that's the, the currency of, of whatever the secrets are, is some kind of coin. That's just not interesting enough for me. Um, Here's some lore. Congratulations. Yeah, and normally, lore would be really good. But in a game like this, where you kind of need to start the lore discussion at the character level, I can't get into wanting to know more about the lore. Like, you got to... You gotta grab me and then put something in my mouth to chew on, or else I'm just gonna just gonna swallow it and take that pill.
1: Yeah, and uh, like you said earlier, these puzzles you figure them out in ten seconds, and then it takes you a minute to do it because the mechanics are not clear. Like you have to shoot the clouds with your gun, and if you shoot the cloud, if you shoot the top of the cloud down, or you shoot the cloud too rapidly in a short period of time then the clouds burst and you have to go and get a fresh one and right. if the cloud touches a wall it bursts and you have to go get a fresh one and it takes you like two or three minutes to do a task that it took you yeah. five or six seconds to figure out and that's every puzzle in this game yeah
0: Ugh. so moving on though um we got one more little piece, and that's the music and the graphics. Uh, Kevin, let's start with graphics. What are your thoughts?
1: Big thumbs down. Uh, I had a really, 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 really bad time playing this game because I have this game on PlayStation Four, and okay. it's plugged into my big TV, and I sit on the couch, which is yep. approximately like twelve to like twelve feet away from the TV. Seems about right. Yeah. Uh, and you can't see a dang old thing like the the game is zoomed out too far to see what you're doing not see what you're doing but like see the characters so i actually like stood up and walked over to the tv a few times because they were referring to that one pirate as like a spider or like a spider guy and i actually like stood up and walked over because like there was no way to see any detail like this game this game was at like 80% 80% zoom and needed to be at, like, 125% zoom. Like, there would be no loss of information on the screen if I could just, like, be closer to the characters. I wonder if this game is better on, a, like, a PC monitor or on, like, Switch and handheld mode. This game should have been on PlayStation Vita.
0: Honestly, I would have enjoyed this game a thousand times more if it had been on Vita. I think you're, you're right in that aspect. Like, if this was not a couch platformer, if this was a handheld, I think I might have liked it a whole bunch more.
1: I would have had a lot more leeway for it, too. Oh, and one one more thing, sorry. Uh, The font is terrible. Uh, Whoever designed the font for this game, uh, I'm really sorry, but you need to go back to, like, game design school or whatever, because it's illegible when you're 8 feet away from it, 12 feet away from it, sitting on your couch trying to play this on PlayStation 4. And I I don't have a small TV... I, it's not like my room is set up stupidly. Like, I could not tell a dang thing. It was like playing Xbox 360 games on a CRT.
0: Yeah, agreed. Well, uh, in terms of graphics, this 16-bit style for me was just not cooking it. Like, there, it felt like there were two different aspect ratios the whole time.
1: Hmm, that, like, Yes.
0: And it's kind of jarring. Oh, man. Especially the zoom out times. Like, remember when you're going from... I, I believe it's after the Owl Temple. You're getting back to Veli. And mm-hmm. then you're going up, and it zooms out to show the whole uh, town. Mm-hmm. And it's so... Sm- like, everything is tiny. Even, And I have a big TV as well. Like, I sit maybe eight feet away from my TV when I'm playing. And I also played this on PS4. Mm-hmm. And I just, once I saw that, I was very, very, very glad it did not do that for long because mm-hmm. that just, it didn't look good. Everything looked too sharp, too pixelated. And again, you couldn't read the font.
1: Yeah. And um, like, again, comparing this to Nier that we just played, do you remember that moment in Nier when the camera pans out and you see that big tower where you meet Grimoire voice? Yeah. And that's one of the best moments in the game is like soak in how gorgeous this game is. And it felt like Owlboy was trying to do that. It's just like, oh, man.
0: Yeah, they did. And and we've been knocking the game for a while. D-Pad Studios, congratulations for making the game and getting the success you want. It's just not for me. Um, yeah.
1: I, I also want to echo that. Uh, I don't hold anything against any of the people that worked on this. Uh, they made a whole game, which is more than I have ever done, and they have reached a level of success with it where they have special $80 collector's editions that go into GameStop. So their audience knows what they're looking for. These people connected with the people that they wanted to, and they stole, they stole they told a complete story that worked for people. This game just didn't work for me.
0: Yeah. So I think the last thing would be music Mm -hmm. Uh, that I can say worked quite a bit for me. Uh, I played the music all the time. I listened to uh, the sound effect and the sound design Mm -hmm. of this game are actually very good. I haven't opened the soundtrack because I just this game has still left a a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. But I'd I'd listen to it all the way through. I'd give it a, a once over if it was something like in the car or anything like that i
1: have two things to say about the sound design of this game one thing is uh i really liked uh if you start the game up and you're in the title screen um if this song finishes its loop it stops playing and it was really cool it was a nice moment where like It's just kind of this landscape with the start menu and kind of like Otis sitting down and looking out. And um, it was a really cool thing that the music stopped. And it didn't feel like it was the game not working correctly. And somehow was uh, like the, the song finished and it was like it was a statement. Yes. And I liked that. It was nice. Uh, and then the other thing is, there's a few moments of the game where the the song loops are really short, and it's like a thirty-five or forty-second loop, and you hear the same thing over and over. And I think it's it's like when you're when you're doing the like the airship cannon thing where you have to hide behind the rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that music loop was very short and or like didn't quite loop correctly or something. I don't know. So something about that that track in particular. Uh, And a few other moments of the game where like the music, I I feel like the tracks weren't developed right somehow. Like the music all sounds fine. I'm sure in isolation it works. But video game music by nature kind of has to be repetitive and has to kind of help you focus. And um, the music in this game was a little bit too noticeable and not in a positive way. I don't know. The, the, The music in this game I thought was fine. But
0: yeah, I, I had to find it good is what I would, is what I would throw it as phenomenal. Well, that does it for our experience with Owlboy audience at large. We now move to our final portion of the show. Where we rate our game on a five point scale with one being a game that doesn't even deserve to go onto your backlog list and five being a game that should be at the top in immediate play. So, Mr. K, what do you rate Owlboy and why?
1: Unsurprisingly, I give this game a 1 out of 5. I think that this experience was ill-suited to the PlayStation 4. Uh, I think that the story beats just don't connect for me. The the characters, the story, and the gameplay are all kind of consequence-less. I have no idea what's at stake in a given moment of the story. I have no idea what's at stake for the development of the characters and their arcs. And I uh, rarely, if ever, felt like the actions that I was taking in a scene in a dungeon or in a puzzle uh, had weight to it. Like all of the puzzles were just so innocuous. Yeah. So, all in all, uh, this game kind of, I just, I kind of nothing this game. And uh, I think that if this had been on PlayStation Vita or if I'd had it on Nintendo Switch, and played it in handheld mode. I think that this game would have worked a lot better for me. Comparing it to other uh, indie platformers that kind of play in this space, Hollow Knight is so much better at evoking the kind of like sad sorrow that this game hints at a few times. Iconoclast deals with like characters who have suffered and are doing what they can to use their tools to make the world a better place. I just there's there's other there are other games that are competing for my attention that do everything this game is trying to do better than it does it. So those are my thoughts.
0: And following suit, I would say that I give this game also a one out of five. There's moments where I could maybe say it's a two, but this is a a perfect example of what I think would be a a one for our show. Um, It doesn't deliver on a lot of the things that we like. It tries to do too many things at once I know what it's like to work with a small team. It's not always easy, but they did have, what is it, nine years? At least a decade. At least a decade to work on this. And I would give them a little bit more credit if they were originally going for a console, but it came out in PC. So it kind of just got ported to those other things later on down the road. And I don't know. This is one of those where it should have taken, weirdly, a little bit longer. A perfect example, a game like Cyberpunk. But it maybe could have used a little bit more resources. I think that this was ambitious, and I liked what the idea was going to be. But there just wasn't enough manpower to execute on it. And I'd believe that.
1: I was just going to say, it's simultaneously over-ambitious and under-ambitious. Yeah. And, and it, it runs the whole gambit across the whole game. Yeah,
0: it's a weird space to be in. And for as a player, it's kind of jarring enough to have the point that I've been making where it just didn't stick. It, it didn't make me want to keep playing it. I lost interest very quickly in every moment I picked up my controller.
1: There was no pick-up-and-play desire. This game did not trigger that part of my brain.
0: So that would be a one for Owlboy, and that's, uh, that's a little unfortunate, but it's how it goes. So, great. People listening in, this has been our take on Owlboy. We hope to see you next time for one conquest of a show. Until mm-hmm. next time, we've been the Backlog Treasure Hunters. Stay safe and be good out there.